Hello and welcome to episode 256 of Nerd Girl Knits. I'm Katie, also known as Naughty Nerd. And I'm Chris, also known as Genetics, and happy Memorial Day, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> Mostly due to work schedules conflicting. Yeah. So, um, we've done stuff <laughs> in the meantime. What have you been working on? Want me to just jump straight into whips? Might as well. Okay, let me get to the end of this needle. I'm almost there. These socks are not for me, so I cast on more stitches, and the rows are a little bit longer than I always think they are. Come on. Uh, so how many stitches are you doing? 72. That's what I do for Brandon socks. Yep, so I started a pair of socks for Amber. She bought the yarn herself. You have to show the whole skein. I will. <laughs> you need the full effect. There you go. Yep. And it's not your monitor. That really is the 70s on your screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the name of the project is That 70s Socks. Because <laughs> I'm that dork. I also don't know if you noticed, but I'm knitting them on wood. Oh, why? The yarn shop got these new needles in that are made out of driftwood. And I wanted oh. to try them out. Are they the, like, Norwegian likey or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they have them in sock sizes, so I was like, I'll try it. The one thing, this, it's straightened out now, but when I first opened it, it was insane. <laughs> and I forgot that cables that don't have the, uh, the chai goo nice, like, the steel metal. Yeah. yeah. Are crazy. <laughs> but it fixed itself. I didn't have to boil it, so. Yeah. If anybody else ends up getting these, it will fix itself just from airing out of the package. And then I'm working on the pair of socks I was working on last time. But last time I think I still was working on the first one. So first one is all but the heel. Yay! That's your lollipop, right? And here's the second one. Oh, wow. So you're already past the... Yep, I already put in for the heel. Cool. That's why I like doing just plain stockinette socks on these tiny needles. Yeah. Because it just zooms. I haven't had as much luck using those tiny needles, but maybe I just don't have the right one. I don't I don't think I have a little... That's a chaigu, right? No, this is a haya haya. Oh, it might be the one that I gave you, actually. It's the one that you gave me, because I lost my chaigu in the Raleigh airport. I thought you had lost or a haya Or the Baltimore the airport. Airport. One of the airports between here and, well, between Boston and North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. It disappeared. I don't know where it went. Probably so, yeah. in Baltimore. <laughs> Probably. I think it fell out of my bag. Oh, no. At one point, yeah. I have not been able to. I still have my Chaigu size 2 that I use for, like, colorwork mittens. Mm-hmm. That's the same. You know, it's a 9, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know where it went. Put you down there. And the other thing I've been working on is the baby blanket. And I think the last time you saw it, I was still only one skein in. Maybe. One or two. I think you were I'm complaining like... that you were still on the second skein. That was texting you okay. uh, when I was working at the yarn store last week. Okay. I'm on skein three. Yay! Of four? Five? Yeah. Four. Okay. So, here it is. 
and then it has the almost looks crocheted edge. Yeah, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And they found out that it's going to be a girl. Aww. So the fact that it's purple is not going to be an issue. Well, it wouldn't have been if it was. It wouldn't have been anyway. But right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's everything I've been working on. Just socks and a baby blanket? Mm-hmm. Okay. I've taken a sweater break. <laughs> well, you did net like on my five weekender. sweaters before May, so... I think you're entitled to a sweater break. Four sweaters. One of which was for a cat. Still counts. It's still a sweater. Yeah. One that I was doing by the seat of my pants. There was no pattern for that. The cat sweater? Yeah. Still say you need to post it on Instagram and tag Brooklyn Tweed. Be like, I made a yeah, cat you version of your sweater. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, no. Was that you or the cat? <coughs> it was me. I dropped stitches. Ah. It's okay. Well, I can I, fix it. It was like three. You got it? Yeah. Well, I can show you what I've been working on. I have the back <coughs> of a sweater. This is the, hey! round, the round cove cardigan by Custom Fit. This is my lily sweater that I ripped out because it stretched like crazy because it's Madeline Tosh pashmina, I think. It is pashmina. Yep. Um, in the ink colorway, but it's uh, merino and silk. And it just, when when you try to wash it and block it, it grows like three feet. So I'm making something more structured. <laughs> Did you do a swatch and then hang it up and put, like, stitch markers at the bottom to weigh it down? You mean like this? Yes. No, I didn't. <laughs> I just want to make sure, because I hadn't even heard of that until I started working on my uh, yeah. funky grandpa. And people were like, you need to do this yeah. for sweaters. And I was yep. like... Oh, <laughs> but especially if it's stuff like that, like if it's if it's a feltable yarn, like if it's not superwash, you're probably fine not hanging stuff off of it to block it. But superwash is going to grow. Yeah. Um, so I did three different needle sizes. Yeah, you you swatch like I do. Right, and I had to do that to get the right pattern for me because this is um, Amy Herzog's custom fit, where you have to take your own measurements and swatch and say, you know, this is the kind of yarn I'm using. This is the needle I'm going to use, and they will, she's like a computer whiz, and it will generate a pattern that will actually fit you, which is fabulous. That's cool. So I had That's previously really cool. stopped when I was about to do the shaping for the neck, okay. like two years ago, um, and I had done the shoulders, and there's an extra set of tails here because I... Uh, cut the yarn too quick <laughs> and I was like crap I need to do like two more rows um so I did that and I'm just gonna weave in the extra ends and I'll be fine yeah uh, so I am currently on the right front and I've just it's done so little <laughs> it is it's only like 50 something stitches wide and I've been doing decreases so it's even thinner than that but it's gonna have a button band on it too and it's curled okay like it's super rolled up on the back right? okay so it's not quite as skinny as it looks and with the but button band it'll be the thing Huh? You're going to be seaming this thing. I know. And I was wondering, okay. I was going to ask you, like, when you normally do sweaters, do you always do a selvage edge? Because the pattern didn't really say. 
how many sweaters have I done that I've had to see? Uh, I did the Noragon and I did the Starfleet. Yeah. That was it. Um, the Starfleet one called herself a judge. Mm -hmm. And it was like one stitch. Right, yeah, you just slipped a stitch on the end, right? Yeah. This one didn't call for it, and I looked at the back of the sweater, and it doesn't look like I did it there. So, I'm not doing it on the front. But, yeah. So, I've done the decreases, and then, then the next, I'm going to have to, like, do 13 more rows, and then knit in, like, knit as established until it's 8 inches long. Right? And then do, I think, one increase row. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's for, like... Right, so I'm, yeah, so I'm coming up to, like, the underarm yeah. area once I get the waist shaping done. So, But so far, this is a great pattern, and I was, part of the reason why I had stopped working on it was because I was very afraid that I was going to run out of yarn before I got to the sleeves. <laughs> um, but I have, so this is the ball that I'm doing the right front with, and I think this will probably do the right front with no problem. Probably, given that um, it's a pretty small number of stitches. Yeah. And then I have two more that are kind of that size. And then I have one that's like this. Okay. So, plus, I still have my swatch. <laughs> yeah, you can always undo the swatch. Yeah, if I have to. And I have some smaller little balls that are like all crinkly and stuff that I can rewash. So I have some yarn spaghetti in the bottom of the bag if I need it. So Yeah, you might need it for the button band. Maybe. But... I'm actually making a sweater. Just for the love that all... Uh, I don't know what I was trying to say. Do either. not... Do, do like... I think I did use all the teagues, like, two row buttonholes on my funky grandpa. If it calls for uh, afterthought buttonholes, don't do it. I don't think Amy Herzog writes patterns that way, so I'm not really worried okay. about that. <laughs> yeah, because... No. Right? <laughs> yeah, just No. All right, you want to show off your foes? Foe. Oh. I also have a foe, so. Yes. Sorry, so I have finished the baby pants. Baby pants, yay! Yep. So I think the last thing I thought was working on the ribbing. That totally looks like Sesame Street. <laughs> it makes me very happy. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. <laughs> So I think I was working on the ribbing, but after you do the ribbing, you do like... Oh yeah, you have to roll it over and tack it down. Mm -hmm. So I did that. I was not a fan, but I did it. It looks really good, and it should help the waistline be more stable. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to go back and like seam up the, the hole in the crotch, which I did. Yeah. Yep. And I did it did like you just grab it from the inside? Mm-hmm. Like Kitchener? No. Oh. They wanted you to do provisional casts on, but I was like, screw you, I will just sew it together when I'm done. Yeah, you do like a three-needle bind-off or something. Provisionally cast-onning between two legs, <laughs> right when you join the legs, enough no. fun. I tried. No. <laughs> no. So I just did like a, a cable cast-on. Okay. And then I just went on the inside. And sewed it shut. And there's a little seam. Yeah, that's that's that kids gonna be wearing diapers. No, so. yeah. Yes, yeah, they're done. I think I finished them the day he was born. 
So now they just have to be mailed out to Connecticut. Yay. Yes, they are finished. And I'm never doing that again. <laughs> was not a fan. But baby sweaters, have... sure. Huh? Like baby sweaters, baby blankets. Baby, baby socks. Baby, baby socks, Converse. Baby, baby Converse, <laughs> yep. Not baby pants. <laughs> Tried it, I'm not a fan. It's too finicky. But now you know. You've done it. Yep. So. Yep. Let me finish this row before I yeah, uh, pick up my foe. I'm purling back, so I don't want to set my needles down and drop stuff. Drop but I have been taking this to Knitting Club at work and actually been able to work on it. So Yay. it's not so complicated a pattern that I can't do it and talk at the same time. That's good. Yeah. So, foes. I have a pair of socks. Yeah. And they turned out so good, although it's too hot to wear them. It's like 100 degrees outside. <laughs> but I haven't washed them yet. I, I have, I need to, like, next weekend take all my hand knits and wash them and dry them and put them away for the year. But So these will go in the drawer to be worn probably on the first cold day we have down here. <laughs> and by cold, I mean, like, I can comfortably wear hand knit socks when it's about 70 degrees outside. So... I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I live in North Carolina. I wouldn't be able to wear them otherwise. True. But these are the Sulfar socks by Cookie A. They were a club pattern maybe in 2013. This is not the club yarn. This is yarn that I purchased off of Etsy from, I think, Kindred Spirits was the dyer. I'm not sure that they're dying anymore, but this is the bruised colorway. And they are gorgeous, and I love them. And you have brainstorming too, right? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, my cat is going insane in the next room over. I don't know <laughs> he's what fine. He's doing. <laughs> you just fed him. He's got all that extra energy now. But yeah, so after I finished these, there was another like rainbow-ish colorway of Regia that I had my eyes on. So I got some for myself. And they knit up like that. Okay. So how is it different from the other color? Does it not have purple? There's no purple, yeah. Okay. And they're brighter. Uh. So it's more neon, I guess? But what I like about these, like it is like, not a big box yarn, but you know, bigger manufacturer. Yeah. They still do that, so you go until there's no more yellow, mm -hmm. and you start there, and you will get a pair of socks that match. Yeah. I love that. Not that I'm like, you know, super, like I have to have my socks be matchy-matchy. I'm not like that, but it's fun when they can be. Yeah. With no extra effort from me. I did my Pippi Longstocking socks to be opposite. I know that. With the stripe sequences, because Pippi would not wear matching socks. No. <laughs> no, she would not. So Slipstitch Studios had a collaboration a while ago with a fabric designer, whose name I don't remember, that puts uh, inappropriate sayings on fabric and then she made some, 
project bags. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I got a little one, like a mini bag for my friend who crochets, who was recovering from shingles after having the flu and like just basically a bad 2019. Um, <laughs> and I sent her the link and let her pick out which fabric she wanted. And it actually was the same one that I liked. So I got the two skein project bag for me. Can you read it? No, you need to move it up a little bit. To the... <laughs> there we go. Okay. There were others that were more inappropriate than this. <laughs> but this is my new project bag and I love it. It will be my new sock bag. I'm currently, my sweater is living in this bag that was gifted to me during a swap a few years ago. Oh, and speaking of which, um, this is technically our seven year anniversary as of yeah. about a, 10 days ago. <laughs> yeah. So, so happy anniversary, I guess. <laughs> What are you doing? Maybe in the fall we can do another swap for like the holidays or something. That'd be fun. Yeah. Sorry, he just went behind the bookcase. You know, I think behind the bookcase is the wall. He's fine. He got out. Yeah. <laughs> Cats are actually a liquid, so it's a totally okay. <laughs> He's a non-Newtonian solid, actually. Yeah, exactly. Like ketchup. <laughs> like vegan ranch dressing. Yeah. Ketchup is a non-Newtonian fluid. So, so hard to get out. All right, what about geekery? So I went to the Mariana's Trench concert. <laughs> Dork. And I think Amber and I were some of the oldest people there. Really? Uh-huh. Wow, that's surprising. Uh -huh. This band's been around since like 2004, but all the people that were there were definitely younger than us. Except for one couple who were in their 50s and like on a date and they just wanted to go see a cheap concert, which I think is really cute. They were right behind us in line. I overheard them. <laughs> so did that hoodie set you back more than the concert tickets? No. Okay. No. This was like 50 and the concert tickets were 50 plus like a $20 fee because I bought them online. Oh, annoying. Yeah. But it's like, well, I can't go into Boston to buy them at the venue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> that would not be cheaper. <laughs> Yeah, so it was really great. There was a DJ that was playing before yeah. the opener. And he played a bunch of songs that I didn't recognize and Amber didn't recognize. And then finally he was like, all right, here's one that I think will get everyone singing. And he started playing I Write Sins Not Tragedies by Panic at the Disco. And everyone was screaming and it was awesome. <laughs> and then the opener came out and they're called New Dialogue. And they're this little band from L.A., and the day before we saw them, they released their first EP. Oh, cool. So, like, they just got started. So that was awesome. And it's, like, five people, and their lead singer is this awesome chick that had, like, really long, bright pink hair. <laughs> so they were really cool. I'm following them on Instagram now. And then when Mariana's Trench finally came out, it was amazing. I had like the most fun I have ever had at a concert, even though I was dying by the end of it because Amber and I had been standing for like five hours at that point. Yeah. And was, I had was work. It, was it like at, where was, what, what was the venue? House of Blues. That's what I thought, yeah. Which is right across the street from Fenway. So I have now seen Fenway Park, even though I have never been to a Red Sox game. Yeah, me neither, but I've seen it too. <laughs> yeah. 
I've walked past right it. <laughs> yeah. So they came out and they played a bunch of songs off of their new album and a bunch of songs from like the 2006 album. They didn't play anything before 2006. <laughs> yeah. But during one of the songs, Josh, like singer, came out into the crowd and we were like in the middle of the floor. So we were like, there's no way. He was within like 10 inches of me <laughs> and I was losing it. <laughs> dork. Amber's like, I've never seen you that happy. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So what concert is she going to drag you to now? She's still threatening to drag me to Fleetwood Mac in October and I'm telling her getting a day off in October is not going to happen because we live in Salem. Yeah. And also those tickets are like $300 a pop. So. Yikes. I think they're playing at TD Garden, I want to say. Yeah, and that's that like the big so that's where North Station is. Okay. And it's also like where the Bruins play. It's a big like venue. And the Bruins so yeah, she's are that. hockey? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Good job. Yay. <laughs> yeah, so there there are three teams up here. It's the Sox, the Celtics, and the Bruins. Okay. Oh, and the Pats. I forgot about them. Whoops. Yeah, I guess they're technically in Massachusetts also, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then at some point in the last month, I don't remember when, I posted about it on Facebook, I got my, what, what's the actual, because I just keep calling it a, like, mortician assistant license. My funeral directing and embalming apprenticeship license. There we go. Does that even fit on it? Because it's a piece of paper like this big. <laughs> like, that's all yeah, it says, there. right? <laughs> it's on there. It has my name and then the address of the funeral home. Okay. And then, like, a little license number, and it's... I laminated it at work. Good. Because it wasn't laminated. Yeah, it's more like a voter ID card. It's just paper, right? Yeah, which is dumb, because we have to, like, prove ourselves. So, like, it could disintegrate in your wallet from yeah. being in there for so long. So, yeah, I laminated it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm all official. Woo! Yeah, it's exciting. Now I just need to learn how to drive the hearse. I have pulled it in and out of the garage. I haven't, like, taken it on the street yet. Yeah, but fortunately for you, and something I didn't know, is our trailblazer is approximately the length of a hearse. It's one inch longer than a hearse. So she's actually driven something that's as big as. Yeah. Well, that's what you get for buying a car that seats, like, seven people and has a third row. Well. And ample truck space. Yep. Yeah, so I'll be fine. I also just need to learn how to drive it because I worked a funeral recently where they wanted me to drive the flower car and the flower car is the lead car and we were going to a church I had never been to before so I didn't know where we were going and therefore could not drive the lead car. That's what GPS is for. There are specific routes that we have to go to avoid Uh, heavy traffic areas. Yeah. Especially when we don't have, like, if we have a police escort, I follow that. It doesn't matter, yeah. We didn't have a police escort, so. Darn. Yeah. So I need to learn how to drive the hearse and the limo so I can be behind other people and learn the route. And routes. follow them, yeah. That's true. But driving the family car would be good practice, right? Cause yeah, it's about the same length as a hearse. Right. So, my geekery, 
my husband and I went to see Endgame when it came out, like the weekend it came out, not the first night. It was a good movie. Much better than the one before. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, because everybody died in the one before it, so... <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not, it's not like there aren't people that die in this one, but it's still a good movie. Yeah. And we actually watched Ant-Man and the Wasp last night. We hadn't seen it yet, but it's available on Netflix now. Have you seen the first Ant-Man? Yeah, we watched it, okay. too. We watched it before we went to see Endgame, but we hadn't okay. had a chance to watch Ant-Man and the Wasp before we went to see Endgame. So it filled in some stuff that we were missing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was also a good movie. I love the scene at the beginning where he's pretending to be Ant-Man with his little girl because he's on house arrest, and, he's, and they, they go on, like, this cardboard slide to escape. <laughs> right? And the FBI shows up because his ankle bracelet went through the fence. <laughs> like, broke the perimeter. But they did this awesome thing where they're, like, sliding down this cardboard slide on the outside stairwell, like, on a sled. It's like, that looks like the most fun ever. <laughs> and, I just, uh, I love his friend. <laughs> that, like, he's telling all the stories and, like, goes on long tangents. He's like, where the bad guys show up and give him truth serum and he gets in an argument with him whether it's truth serum or not. Yeah! And he starts telling the story again, yeah. That was pretty funny. I love that guy. <laughs> and then the Russian guy that keeps saying, oh, it sounds like Baba Yaga. <laughs> when he's talking about ghosts. <laughs> he yeah. gets really freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's a good movie. And it's available on Netflix to stream for free. So. That reminds me. I saw today uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So the animated movie that won the Oscar is going to come to Netflix like June 26th. Oh, cool. Yeah, we'll have to watch that with Charlie. I heard it was really good. Yeah. And I also finished up the most recent season of Call the Midwife on PBS. And then if you have PBS Passport, we've also... My teenager is way into Secrets of the Dead because we watched a couple episodes with her in the room and she's asking to watch it. <laughs> so there was an episode from a few years ago called Woman in the Iron Coffin. It was about a body that they discovered in New York back in 2011 and I texted Katie and told her she needs to watch it one because just I the coffin watched. technology was cool because it's from the 1800s and it was okay. a cast iron coffin that would that the way it was designed it was hermetically sealed so when they found this person they were so at it was a construction still, like, airtight site. and watertight yeah they so they were at a construction mm -hmm. site right and they were they had a backhoe and they were digging it out to put, to put in a building but it had been the side of a historic African-American church in that community with a cemetery next to it that was from like over a hundred years ago. So they probably thought because the church has moved since they probably the congregation still exists and the church has moved down the road. They probably thought they had gotten everybody, but they hadn't. No. Right. And so they found <laughs> like they struck this coffin and they called in an archeologist and he's like, you know, at first they thought it was a crime scene, obviously. Right. Well, yeah, <laughs> Cause anytime they find a body, they're like, ugh. Yeah. Well, it's also a little, like, that's a weird coffin, too. Like, that's Well, and they wouldn't normal... have even known what that was, right? It wouldn't, like, it wouldn't occur to you that a coffin would even be made out of something like that, right? Yeah. Um, so they, they found the body, and they ended up having to call in the CDC, because when they, when the archaeologists got there and started looking at it, it was obvious that she had smallpox lesions all over her body. Yeah. So they had to call in the CDC and make sure that she wasn't contagious. Contagious, yeah. <laughs> and wasn't a biohazard. Turns out she wasn't. They didn't find any evidence of smallpox DNA, which was good. But they were able to do CT scans on the mummy because because it was hermetically sealed. 
she just mummified. She just mummified. She didn't deteriorate. So they had like all her internal organs and they, right. They were even able to prove that the smallpox lesions were on her brain. They didn't know that before. Yeah. So it was super cool. And so is that why she was in one of those coffins because she died of smallpox? Um, so partly probably because she died of smallpox. She was an African-American woman and they, they didn't do DNA analysis on her because it was, you know, eight years ago and the technology, we don't have, they didn't really do genetic genealogy back then to, to yeah. totally identify who she was. So this archaeologist started going through like census records for the area to try to identify someone who would have been about the right age okay. um, and ancestry to have been this person. And he identified a woman who actually lived as a servant in the house of the guy that owned the coffin company and the coffin, the coffin was like, um, a reject because the, the maker's stamp was upside down. So she died of smallpox and they had a coffin they could put her in because it wasn't one that they could sell. Yeah. Right. Because it wasn't totally perfect. Yep. So she was able to be buried in there and then recovered a hundred something years later. Um, and they they were able to, like after they had done all the the scientific analysis, they got in touch with the congregation for the church that she had been a member of. And the oh. church actually contacted an African-American funeral home in the community to repatriate her. And they put her oh. in like this beautiful solid wood mahogany coffin. They had the, the fancy hearse with the glass. Yes. Like they do in the UK. Yeah. So yes. they, they had like a procession. From Aww. the funeral home to the cemetery of the, the current church. It was so cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So you need to watch it. Yes. <laughs> it was really good. Um, I'm, I've also started the fourth book in the Warlock Holmes series. And the farther I get into these, the better they are. It's it's silly in the way that Douglas Adams is silly. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, and so the, the premise is it's Sherlock Holmes and John Watson, except Sher- Sherlock is actually warlock homes and he's um hard to describe um he's a warlock and he's kind of sort of possessed by demons or he can channel demons i don't it's not exactly clear (laughs) um and watson is a doctor was a soldier in afghanistan all of that right but he's the one that actually solves all the cases because he's the one with the deductive reasoning, Warlock is off, like, doing his own thing. Like, he's this this Warlock who knows all about magic, but only eats soup and toast for every meal. <laughs> and and Lestrade is a vampire who has, like, a flip-top head. Like, super scary kind of vampire when he's not being a, an investigator for Scotland Yard. And, okay. and Inspector Grogson is, like, an ogre. Okay. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's just, uh, and the most recent case that I was listening to today, and the, I'm, so I'm listening to the audiobooks, and the narrator is fabulous and has voices for every different character. That's the way it should be. Uh, right. Um, but the one today was like this privateer that had been found harpooned to the wall of his cabin. <laughs> the way that it opens is like Watson is asleep in his bedroom and is having this dream and he can, like, in the dream, he can hear this voice talking about trying to, tra- what he calls it is transfix a pig. What? And he wakes up to, like, this 
banging against the wall of his bedroom, and it's because Warlock and Lestrade and Grogson are standing in the parlor trying to harpoon a pig to the wall to see who was strong enough to kill this privateer who was murdered, right? Uh, it's just, it's ridiculous. It sounds kind of like the, uh, the Another Fine Myth books. Kind of. It's ridiculous in the best way. It's so good. So highly recommend. If you like Sherlock Holmes at all, or you like um, kind of magical fantasy, vampire, like, it's got all of that. Got a bit of everything. And it happens in Victorian England. It's fantastic. And then I noticed one of my homeschool mom friends from back when Katie was very little, I've been friends with her on Goodreads, and she posted mm -hmm. that she had started reading this this mm. week, and it's called The Five, and it's The Untold Lives of the Women Killed by Jack the Ripper. So I went and looked to see if my library had it, and it was actually on the shelf at my library. So I picked it up on Friday, and I am, I've made it through the first four women, and then two chapters into the story of the last woman, and it's a good social history backed up by documentation of who these women actually were and the lives that they lived and how they ended up in Whitechapel. Um, okay. Because the prevailing hypothesis is that they were all prostitutes and that's why he went after them, right? That's not true. Yeah, it's, that's actual bull. <laughs> right. But this tells you, like, the lives they had before they ran into this, whoever he was, because we still don't know. But There's a few theories out there. But... I know. But really good book. That reminds me, I got a new video game recently. It's called Vampire, with a hmm. Y. And you're playing as this British doctor that's just returned from World War One, oh, and wow. you get turned into a vampire. And it's also during the height of like the Spanish influenza in England, which actually started in Kansas. But whatever. The first reported case of the 1918 pandemic was in Kansas. That's horrifying. So the reason why they called it the Spanish pandemic is because Spain was neutral during the war and the oh. allies in World War One didn't want to admit that they had soldiers dying of flu. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, it's the Spanish um, influence. <laughs> Air quotes. <laughs> yeah. And you play the entire game and you have to, like, decide if you're going to, you know, not feed off of people and be a good vampire doctor. Or if you're gonna like kill a good vampire, like, okay? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's pretty fun. I'm enjoying it so far. But the Warlock Holmes books are based off of Sherlock Holmes. Like a lot of the the same storylines pop up. Okay. So I like listening to them. I'm like, oh, that's this story, and the, you know the way that they spin it to finish it is just awesome. Some of the fa my favorite books that I've read in a while. So, all right, you got anything else? I don't think so. So we're gonna go, and hopefully we will see you guys in a couple weeks. Um, yeah. Work schedules permitting. Yeah. All right. Talk to you later. Yep. Bye. Bye.